You're listening to the Third Down Squad Podcast, the best international news podcast for the National Football League. We're your hosts, Derek, Josh, and Toby. Let's get you ready for a new set of downs on Sunday. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Third Down Squad Podcast. We have a quarterback and mock draft-filled episode for you guys today. We're going to be talking a bunch of different quarterbacks, mainly Philip Rivers, Dak Prescott, Jameis Winston, and we'll also be talking about Miles Garrett's reinstatement into the NFL. And then we will finish it off with Toby's mock draft. So let's get started, and we're going to break the first news with Phillip Rivers. After 17 years of being a Chargers quarterback, he is no longer with them, and he is now a unrestricted free agent. He is free to go anywhere he pleases. And now there's a lot of people that are wondering where he will end up. Uh, Most think that he will have somewhere to go. He's still a decent quarterback when you look at the numbers and everything else. Um, Colts is one of the names that that brings a lot to mind. Even the national media is kind of feeding that idea now. Uh, And Josh can talk about it. I I will probably say something about it too. Um, Tampa Bay is another one. Uh, there's a couple other teams, but uh, guys, if you think Philip Rivers is going somewhere, where do you think he's going to end up, Toby? Uh, yeah, I mean, we have heard the story that he and his family moved to Florida, so as you said, the Buccaneers are a place where he could land, but we still don't know what is going to happen to Jameis Winston. Um, another place might be Miami. Um Maybe Bill Belichick goes crazy and picks up Phillip Rivers. Um, if Tom Brady does end up leaving. Yeah, I mean, there have been memes about uh, Phillip Rivers being the successor to Drew Brees uh, at San Diego. Uh, why not with the Saints? So basically everywhere that needs a quarterback is open to Phillip Rivers. I think he is probably the best uh veteran quarterback out there on the free agent market right now so i think every team that needs a quarterback is at least taking a look at him josh what do you think i honestly still regardless of what's going on with Jameis winston i think he's still gonna possibly go to the buccaneers it just seems to fit and like the coincidence that you know they're thinking about getting rid of Jameis winston uh could be a possibility for him and I know he moved to Florida, but I'm also going to toss this one out here for Carolina, you know, with the whole new owner with Cam Newton, like saying, well, is he injured? That just kind of shows you that they kind of are about ready to move on from Cam Newton. So I think you could still draft a quarterback in the draft if I'm the Panthers, but I'd have Phil Rivers in as like a placeholder to wait, have your rookie quarterback wait like one or two years because from what I heard, it sounded like Phil Rivers said he had like two years left in him, you know, to win a championship. If not, you know, and for people saying that Phil Rivers can go to the Colts, I see what you mean, but we want to win championships. It's nothing against Phil Rivers, but his track record just proves that he's just not meant to win big, meaningful games. And right. I know it's probably coaching staff and stuff like that that's to blame. I get that, but. He's just—he just wouldn't fit our what we have going on for the Colts right now, and I, a lot of it has to do with you know not winning big games. But 
his throwing style. I mean, I don't even know if I can like replicate that because he like does it so weird. Like yeah, his like arm a, goes like it's this. It's a weird, yeah. It's a it's... weird throw. And remember, he did graduate from NC State, so why can't he go back to Carolina too? So I think it's between Carolina and Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, that's a team that didn't even think about uh, Josh Carolina. That's a interesting take. I mean, it would make sense, you know, bring a guy with some veteran leadership, uh, some competitive firepower out there that can, you know, uh, it just depends on what their situation is with Cam Newton, whether or not they actually want to give him up. I honestly don't know, like, if they're actually going to be able to trade him because I don't know if at this moment in time somebody's going to want to give up a first-round draft pick for Cam Newton especially like guys that are on the QB market right now, like the teams that are on the QB market right now, most of them are in the top 15. And I don't know if Cam Newton's really worth a top 15 pick at this moment in time. So it is, it is a good question. Um, here's, here's why I think the allure of the Colts getting Phillip rivers has everyone on their mind. And I, and I like the idea because here's the thing. Uh, you know that whatever whatever team gets Phillip Rivers, it's not a long-term thing. It is a short-term uh, situation, basically, because it's not a solution. He's not a solution in anything. He's just a short-term replacement thing to whatever it is that you feel like you need done. Uh, Phillip Rivers has a lot of competitive fire still in him, even at 37. Still can throw the football. Uh, he... He is a veteran. He has uh, learned under Frank Reich. Frank Reich was hit one of his coaches back in San Diego when they were still in San Diego. So a while back, th those two did know each other. So they do understand each other's uh, tendencies a lot better than some other places do. And, you know, with Phillip Rivers, you're getting a team in the Colts that's foundationally set where it wants to be right now. Uh, they're just missing a quarterback and... I think the Colts, even if you get a Phillip Rivers, you're still going to draft a quarterback either this year or next year uh, to learn under Phillip Rivers. And that's what you're bringing him in to do. You're not bringing him in to say the next two or three years are absolutely yours. Go take it. Be what you can be. He, bring, they would bring him in to say, we want you to win games, but we also want you to mentor these guys. Because, again, we're really young. If we bring a quarterback in, we need you to teach them. We need you to mentor them. We need you to be their role model. And that's exactly what you would want from a Phillip Rivers, and that's what you can get. So I think it, it makes perfect sense why people would say, oh, it's, you know, it, you would go with um, the Indianapolis Colts because, again, they can run the football kind of like what Los Angeles was able to do with Melvin Gordon from time to time. They have running back options that can free that stress off of him. They have a better offensive line, a way better offensive line than what Phillip Rivers has had throughout most of his career. Uh, they got some decent wide receivers as long as they can stay healthy. Their defense is on the up and up. So it is a good situation for him. Uh, like you said, guys, Tampa Bay, uh, Miami is another option. Carolina is another option. Uh, I agree with Toby that any team that is on the quarterback market and isn't too sure about what their quarterback situation is for this year uh, will probably be giving Phillip Rivers a call. Uh, that I have no doubt. All right. So now we're going to move on from Phillip Rivers to Jameis Winston, where it was reported that Jameis Winston had LASIK eye surgery to allow him to see uh, more profoundly. Uh, it's been reported that ever since 
Jameis Winston got into college really at Florida State. He has had a tremendous issue with uh, being able to see very well. Uh, I think everybody's kind of, I've seen the pictures of like him squinting really hard when he's uh, been throwing the football. Uh, It's quite obvious that he has a problem with glare and everything else. So now I know everybody's been making the memes out there that, you know, now Jameis Winston will know he has four wide receivers instead of, you know, eight wide receivers. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things that if you look at it seriously here, and Josh, we'll start with you. If this was actually meant to um, improve Jameis Winston's vision and it actually does that, do you think that this could potentially be a little better for him going forward and making him a better quarterback, being able to see better? I think it will. and But I still think his time at Tampa Bay is done. But I think he, he did it, one, to improve his quarterback, uh, you know, abilities. And the second is, you know, I don't like saying it like this, but I just got to come off like I'm saying it's like he's boosting his own stock in the free agent market because he could say look this was me before i had eye surgery i have eye surgery now that helps me improve my vision so i can play better that's kind of what it comes off as as him just saying you know i didn't want to do this but now that people know i'm like the first quarterback to have 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in a season and like his straight up his accuracy was bad Mm -hmm. all throughout his professional career and i do think that it did play a role in it i don't know how the like he found the other wide receivers because every like highlight i've seen of him it's either him throwing it to the defense or to mike evans so instead of like the joke of four wide receivers he can he only threw it to one that was mike evans half the time and i think that uh going forward he did improve his uh you know, free agency stock going into this. Toby, what do you think will come of this? Yeah, I I agree with Josh. It's mostly to boost his uh, free agency stock probably because if it, if it really was a problem in the past, he probably would have had the surgery a lot earlier. Um, it's, I, I don't, I don't really know how much it will actually improve his game. Um, but I don't think he's just going to become a top five quarterback in the league just because he has eye surgery. Um, There's a lot more that goes into it, but yeah, I I think, yeah, like Josh said, it's just, you can go to teams and say, okay, I did something about it. It might've been a physical issue with my eyes. I had surgery and uh, now I might be a better quarterback. So he might get a second chance with another team or maybe even with the Buccaneers. Um, But I don't think a lot will change. All right. I'm not going to dispute any of that. I'm not. I I, I totally get what you guys are saying. I'm just going to look at it from a different perspective here. Um, I think we all can sit here and agree that professional athletes a lot of times will not say anything if they have certain injuries that could keep them from playing Uh, that's commonly been a case throughout all of human uh, reality and of sports and this is just no exception here and I'm not a doctor so I can't uh, sit here and definitively tell anyone uh, what Jameis Winston was seeing and what he wasn't seeing 
I can only tell you what it could actually do to improve him. And everybody knows that as a quarterback, your eyes are very important. And what you do and don't see is very, very pivotal. And in flashes of a second, that is what could help you. So if it is indeed the fact that Jameis Winston does have better vision after this, because ultimately that's why you would get LASIK eye surgery to help you adapt to light better. And especially playing down in the South, that is another thing that, you know, you're, you're exposed to light a lot more, especially outdoors. The sun is a lot more in your eyes and everything else. So that does hurt a little bit. Uh, it, it really just depends at this point. It, it is a thing. Like you guys said, it does make him a more intriguing project at this point. Cause it says, Oh, you know, maybe Jameis Winston can improve that much because of being able to see much more profoundly now. Uh, I don't know what to make of this yet, but we will find out uh, whether or not he's going to stay in Tampa, and then we're just going to have to see him play. Now that he's going to have better uh, eyesight, it's going to be a good test to see what else he can do in the league. All right, one last quarterback to talk about, and we're going to talk about Dak Prescott. So we have been talking all year long about what Dak Prescott is worth, right? And so far this offseason, Dak Prescott has remained steady with his supposed 36-plus million a year uh, in contract that he wants. And now Jerry Jones has yet to say anything about whether or not he's paying Dak. Most think that he's not going to if Dak does not come down with that price. So... Toby, we'll start with you on this. Is is Jerry Jones doing cow, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott a disservice by not paying him what he wants? Um, I mean, it's pretty clear that Dak Prescott actually wants his uh, thirty-six plus uh, million dollars, and I've uh, seen reports that he actually turned down a thirty-three million uh, dollar offer uh, last off season. So. He seems pretty certain that he wants uh, at least uh, 36 million um, on his paycheck per year. So, I, you know, my stance on Dak Prescott. I don't think he is anywhere near uh, that valuable to the to the Cowboys. Um, so I, I understand Jerry Jones why he doesn't want to pay him that much. It's. I, I wouldn't pay uh for Dak Prescott uh over thirty million dollars a year, so I I mean there are options out there for for the Cowboys this year. I mean they might be in the race for Philip Rivers like we talked earlier. So mm-hmm. I mean yeah I I totally understand Jerry Jones. Uh Josh, what are you thinking? I totally understand where Jerry Jones is coming from because I will always say that he's asking way too much for what he has provided the franchise over the past, you know, four years or so. It's like he should get paid, but he shouldn't get paid that much because what's he want? Like Russell Wilson type of money and all that. Uh I'll, I'll break those numbers down. Um, I'll just say this right here, right now. 
Russell Wilson has the highest average per year contract at $35 million a year. That's mm-hmm. as of right at this moment. So Dak Prescott's asking for 36 at least. Yeah, that's not going to happen, fam. <laughs> his, his success is off the uh, hard-working uh, running back of Ezekiel Elliott. Because without him, you triggered. You just triggered every Cowboys fan out there with that listen, statement. <laughs> look here, look here, look. Listen, <laughs> Dallas needed Ezekiel Elliott more than they need Dak Prescott, and it shows in the contract Jerry Jones gave Ezekiel Elliott. Regardless of all the stuff Jerry Jones said, he found out that they he needed Ezekiel Elliott more than he needed Dak Prescott. And it's the same for the Cowboys back in, like, the uh, late 80s, early 90s. They needed Emmett Smith more than they need Troy Aikman. And Troy Aikman, if you bring up your three Super Bowl rings again, I am going to kick a shelf over or something. I am tired of you saying, yeah, but in my time with my three Super Bowl rings, yeah, we get it. You're a Super Bowl champion. Move on with your life. Anyway, back to Dak Prescott, the other Cowboys uh, quarterback. I'd just go somewhere else. Because he's just not going to get paid, plain and simple. Because Jerry Jones is thinking like everybody else. Here's, Ezekiel Elliott's back is hurting from carrying the question, this team. Though. Here's the question, though. Here's the thing, because he's asking for $36 million. Is there another team out there that he has leverage like this? He does not have leverage with any other team in the NFL to ask for that kind of money. You think somebody else would want to pay him $32 million a year? At least, like honestly, uh, ask. Let me ask you that, Josh. Do you actually think there's another team out there that's willing to pay him thirty-three, thirty-four million a year, at least? The New England Patriots. No, they're not. <laughs> All right, no, they're not. All right, look, I'm gonna break down some of the highest-paid contracts here. So, um, Russell Wilson. I'm gonna break this down in average per year. Russell Wilson with 35 million with a total value of 140 million. Ben Roethlisberger right now at 34 million, but that was only over two years' time that he signed that contract last offseason. Aaron Rodgers at 33.5 million a year at 134 million. Jared Goff at 33.5 million as well. Carson Wentz at 32. And Matt Ryan at 30 million. Over 150,000. And Matt Ryan has the highest. Total value of Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. What do all okay. those quarterbacks have in common? They all made it to the past the first round of the playoffs and into a damn Super Bowl. Most of them. Last Most time I checked, them. Dak Prescott's looking out back as he sees the far superior Philadelphia okay. Eagles make it okay. to the Super Bowl. Let me let me let me let me just say this. I I was watching I saw this on uh the herd the other day, and I agree with this statement that there are only two quarterbacks in the NFL at this moment in time that you could give a blank check to give them, let them write whatever number they want down and that you give it to them. There's only two. There is Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson at this moment in time. So are we saying Dak Prescott's on the same level of a Russell Wilson and a Patrick Mahomes? No. Two guys that have gone to the Super Bowl, been into multiple playoffs, have led their team, are the franchise guys that make the team what they are? No. 
Dak Prescott is nowhere near that. Now, I will say this. You could make the argument right now that Dak Prescott's a top 10 quarterback. After the season he had, I'm close to saying that you could make that you could make that argument. You could. Whether or not you agree with it, I don't care. You could make that argument. You could make it. But here's the thing is that in in the game that decided their whole season, right? The game that sent Philadelphia to the playoffs instead of Dak Prescott. Carson Wentz outballed him by far with a less superior roster, very little help, and the odds stacked against them. And Carson Wentz did that. That's why he's worth that money. And ultimately, again, that's why we're not going to get Dak Prescott that kind of money because, you know, again, we're just – he's not worth it at that that moment in time. So I'm sick and tired of talking about it because I talk about it all the time. But uh, you know, it's, it's hard to get paid when you're when you're sitting at home at the end of like week seventeen. I'm just gonna say that right now. He just like all right, I've never been this worked up before about Dak freaking Prescott. But until he gave off the, those quarterback numbers, all of them at least made it past the first round of the playoffs. Unlike Dak, so if Dak wants to get paid, let him get paid, but not the same level or higher than a quarterback that went to the Super Bowl one one but lost the other one. Yeah. And and I'm also, again, I'll say this again because I've said it multiple times. I'm not a fan of just because somebody else makes that money means you deserve that money. No, that's not how that works. I'm not in the business of paying you because of other teams' idiocy. That's not my job. My job is to pay you what I think you're worth. And Dak Prescott, you'd be lucky. You're, You're lucky that somebody's even considering giving you 30 million, bro. Just take it and move on. Okay, that's it. All right, one last topic we'll get into, and then we'll get into Toby's mock draft, uh, and that is Miles Garrett reinstatement. That's right, Browns fans. Miles Garrett is back. He is in the NFL. He's uh, free. He spoke, he spoke with Roger Goodell and NFL executives again this week, and they have decided that he is allowed to come back and resume play immediately. Uh, after obviously we know of the helmet thrown to Mason Rudolph's head, Miles Garrett still defends his actions and states that Mason Rudolph still used a racial slur at him. But we're not in the business of talking about that right now. We already said our piece before. But uh, basically, I just want to ask you guys: Did the NFL get this right? Did they make the uh, punishment correct? And did they make the reinstatement at the right time? To, uh, Josh, we'll start with you. I don't let's see <coughs> hold on this is something that's like you know rarely ever seen or discussed of another player using a helmet like in that fashion so I think because it's the first time they're going to be more lenient I know he missed the rest of the season past that point but I think now uh, he uh I guess started to push like development of like a new rule or something like that. The players have to follow if they ever use the helmet as a weapon, because up until that point, nobody ever thought that would happen. Cause you know, you rip the, your opponent's player helmet off, you throw it to the side, you don't use it as a weapon, but now it showed the NFL that this is a possibility. So I would not be surprised if 
in the Resolve NBA ring stated they're going to drop a new rule later on, like uh, probably this like coming season about using a helmet as a weapon in that fashion, what the penalty will officially be. So I think they got it right for the first time offense mm-hmm. of this caliber. But I think going forward, it's going to be a lot stricter and have harsher penalties than just being suspended for the rest of the season. Yeah, especially with, you know, Mason Rudolph not really getting severely injured, thankfully. Uh, That's probably the ultimate reason why it is that the punishment wasn't any more severe. I agree with it. Toby, do you uh, agree with how the NFL handled this? Yeah, I totally agree. And I was about to say exactly the same thing that Josh said. I think they're going to... Uh, give us a new rule about using the equipment as a weapon, uh, whether it's being a helmet, your cleats, or whatever. Um, so yeah, I I completely I would, agree. I would laugh if somebody gets like an Assassin's Creed like hidden blade on the wrist thing, you know, and then like when a fight comes out, they just pop out like this. We're not talking <laughs> about the XFL right now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, oh, that's, hey, hey, don't know. be dogging on the XFL, okay? That opening weekend, they actually got more audience than the Oscars and the Bachelor combined. I mean, okay? it was entertaining. It was oh, entertaining. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. I just want to see. I want to see Cardale Jones take like a steel chair to like the knee or something like that. Just have like <laughs> some guy get so mad he threw a touchdown. That- Cardale Jones Jones is like the face of the XFL at the moment, just because he's like, he's the most popular player because, you know, he took Ohio state to a national championship, a third string quarterback. Uh, I only think he had the second best day of opening weekend. I mean, Philip Walker, the former uh, Colts quarterback, who was the bench guy, he had a tremendous game. Uh, There's a oh, lot of hey, good football. This just popped up on Twitter. The Ravens released their safety, Tony Jefferson. Really? Yeah, oh, wow. they just did. So <laughs> Interesting. Yep. Interesting. It just popped up on Twitter, folks. Be sure to go check right. that out. That's another piece that the, uh, that the Ravens are going to have to take into account come draft time. All right, and speaking of draft time, it is officially time to get into Toby's Mock Draft 1.0. Toby, the floor is yours. All right, and uh, first off, of course, the Baltimore news is not going to be in my Mock Draft right now. It's It could <laughs> affect it in uh, three weeks when I do my next one. So I'm going to start off first pick, of course, Cincinnati Bengals. We all know where this is going. Um first overall pick um i don't actually know the odds for the first overall pick but i don't think you're gonna make a lot of money on it it's gonna be joe barrow from lsu quarterback cincinnati is in need of a quarterback right now and uh i i kind of want to see the Bengals fan base when they do not or if they do not pick burrow (laughs) with the first overall pick just to see the reaction that's ultimately what we want to see Remember when the Jets didn't get Warren Sapp? That's how I picture it right there, when they pass up a Warren uh, Sapp. Yeah, um, that the second overall pick, the Washington Redskins, um, they're going to take the first, uh, the number one overall ranked prospect in the, all, uh, in the whole draft. Uh, they don't really have a needed edge right now, but with Chase Young, you can't do anything wrong right now and right. whoever is your uh, edge rusher right now he's definitely an upgrade on that yeah 
The third pick, the Detroit Lions. Um, there have been some rumors this week that they might be open to trade uh, Matt Stafford. I did my mock draft before uh, those rumors came out, but I still, with Matt Stafford on the roster, I think they have to think about their future. Um, Tua is going to go to the Detroit Lions uh, the first year behind Matt Stafford, still on the roster. Uh, learning behind Matt Stafford for the first year, he can cure his hip injury completely and can learn from Matt Stafford. I kind of think of it like the situation the Chiefs had in 2017 with uh, Patrick Mahomes behind uh, Smith, Alex Smith there for the first season. So they, I think they're more thinking about uh, Trevor Lawrence next year, but who's going to say they have the first overall pick next year and be in a position they can actually pick Trevor Lawrence. There are a couple of teams down there that are in contention for that first overall pick next year. So take the position this year and draft your guy for the future. Yeah. With the fourth overall pick, the New York Giants, um, uh, we talked about it last week with Derek's mock draft. They are in need of an uh, offensive tackle or an offensive line guy there. But with Jeff Okuda still on the board, I don't think the Giants can pass on him. They also have a need on cornerback as well with trading both Eli Apple and Janoris Jenkins over the last two seasons to the Saints. Um, so they definitely need somebody on defense to cover the opposing wide receiver. And I think they're more than happy with Akuda falling to them. The fifth overall pick, Miami. Um, they tried to tank for Tua, but now they're in the fifth spot. And the Detroit Lions picked Tua before them. I still think they're going with a quarterback uh, at number five. Um, of course, it's close who is ranked the third overall quarterback. It's either Jordan Love or Tristan uh, Herbert. So for me right now, I think the Dolphins uh, think that Jordan Love, or we all agree on that, actually that Jordan Love uh, has more potential and a higher ceiling, but uh, definitely a lower floor than Justin Herbert does, but I'm still thinking the Miami Dolphins take that risk and think Jordan Love will come to flourish to what he has the potential to do. You're gonna you would make a lot of Colts fans very unhappy with that pick, Toby. <laughs> a lot of them very unhappy. Yep. A lot of And I think the sixth pick is not gonna make them any happier with the last oh of the top God. four quarterbacks going. Uh, Justin Herbert going to the LA Chargers. Um, of Damn. course, we already talked about it. Philip Rivers is gone from uh, LA. They are in need of a quarterback. He is coming from the West Coast or West Coast College in Oregon, so it's not far down. And it makes sense for them to pick a young quarterback after Philip Rivers. They're kind of trying to build something there in LA. And with a, a young guy who is popular on the West Coast, I think. They can actually get their uh, fan base or the number of their fans up in L.A., which they desperately need if you're looking at their home games right now. Yeah. At number seven, the Carolina Panthers. They lost Luke Kuechly, of course, but I don't really see a linebacker that high in the draft this year or at least mm. a sole linebacker. Um there's a safety linebacker combo uh, hybrid there, but he's not for Carolina. Uh, but defensive tackle, Derek Brown. 
Um, they definitely need somebody against the run and who can pass rush for the Panthers. Uh, so Derek Brown, defensive tackle from Auburn, going to the Panthers. And the Arizona Cardinals as my eighth pick before we do a little bit of a recap. Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle from Georgia, going to Arizona. They definitely need somebody to protect Colin Murray a little bit more and give him a little bit more time. They also could use a little, uh, another wide receiver there, but I think offensive tackle is more of a need, and with how deep the wide receiver uh, position is in this draft, I think Arizona can wait for that. What, what do you guys think so far? Why are all the quarterbacks up so close to each I other? I know! He's got four <laughs> quarterbacks in the top six! Holy crap! I mean, look, look, I understand where you're going with the Jordan Love one. I understand that. I do. I just don't think that they will take it really does depend on Detroit. It really does depend on Detroit because if Detroit does take a quarterback, then I get to understand where you're going with this. But if they don't take a quarterback with that number three pick, then that that's completely blown up. Although I did agree with obviously Joe Burrow, Chase Young, one and two across the board. Uh, Okuda going to the Giants, like you said, not a need, but it's definitely a thing where well, I mean, I guess it is somewhat of a need, and Okuda being the lockdown corner, it's never a bad idea to have one of those. And obviously, Justin Herbert going to the Chargers, I had that one as well. Uh, I saw a lot of mock drafts with Derrick Brown going to the Panthers, even though I don't like how you just disrespected my man Isaiah Simmons on that. But he is more that's of a okay. Safety. We'll talk he's, about he, that. He is classified as more of a safety in most uh, on most draft boards. He yeah. is the only player in college football history to have played a hundred snaps at five different positions on the defense, and, and and that is just that is insane. I mean, it's insane what that kid can do. He's everywhere, and I think he is a linebacker more than anything, but. Again, we're not going to get too deep into that just yet, but how, uh, how crazy I would did it like be? Andrew Thomas at eight, though. I did like that one. How crazy would it be if Chase Young went number one to Cincinnati? Dude, that would throw so many people <laughs> off. Like, here's the thing. They would be more upset. It was kind of like, um, I don't know. I, I, I felt like I've seen this situation before, but it's like we're getting the best overall prospect in the whole draft – but because it's not Joe Burrow, we hate you. It's just kind of like that situation, you know? It's like you can't go wrong with the Chase Young or Joe Burrow, but just since it's a quarterback and it's more flashy, that's why people are like, oh, we need that, we need that. I don't I don't think the Bengals go anything other than Joe Burrow, but it'd be the biggest sto- draft storyline ever. Bigger, bigger than uh, Colin Farrell going forward to the Raiders, throwing everything Bro, else out of whack. the biggest storyline of last year was Daniel Jones. Yeah. And oh, not yeah. to mention, look, look, if y'all, if if you guys didn't need to check my Twitter after this, uh, there was an NFL draft Twitter page that said the fourth best draft class of last year was the New York Giants. The fourth best one. They drafted Daniel Jones, uh, Dexter Lawrence, and the, and DeAndre Baker. Did any of them do anything all year? No, not really. No, no. exactly my point. <laughs> like, what the, what the heck is this? All right, I'm sorry, Toby. I did my little rant. Well, let's move on. It's all good, but yeah, I'm gonna start the next 
picks at, at number nine for Jacksonville with your guy. I'm not gonna disrespect him that much. Isaiah Simmons going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think. No, going to the Jags is still one of the biggest disrespectful things. <laughs> That's sad. Because <It's> <laughs> <laughs> right, I actually going. am afraid of that guy. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I, think he's a really good fit for Jacksonville. Um, They have to get back to somewhere or, or to some something they were in 2017 when they had the best defensive unit on uh, in the NFL. Um, they're not quite there yet, but a player like Simmons, who Derek already said, can play a lot of different positions on defense. He's definitely going to help them out wherever he's going to play. Um, so at number 10, the Cleveland Browns, um, we have talked about this all year long. The biggest need for them is an offensive tackle, and I have them going with Mackie Backton at uh, number 10 from Louisville. Um, Baker Mayfield just needs some more protection out there. At number 11, I'm going to the New York Jets, and I think that's the same pick Derek had with Jerry Judy from Alabama, wide receiver, giving Sam Darnold a little bit more help uh, out there on the field and a true number one receiver. Um, I don't think they really had a number one receiver in the last couple of years when Sam Darnold was there. So it's definitely going to change some things, and... Um, yeah, at number 12, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, it's still weird to say that. Um, yeah, I know, right? I mean, the whole thing that they're trying to get rid of Derek Carr there, uh, it's just another team in the mix of quarterback. Um, again, no quarterback left in the first round, at least not that high, um, but they still have a lot of other holes to fill. One of them being on defense is definitely the linebacker spot, especially... Uh, we're still after uh, basically having a yard sale on defensive players two years ago when John Gruden went mm-hmm. to went to Oakland. So I'm going with Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma uh, at number 12 for the uh, for the Raiders, and I I think he he's filling a hole there at linebacker against the run and uh, the pass protection. At number 13, uh, the Colts. Um, I think. Yeah, Derek, you had the same player, Javon Kinlaw, a defensive tackle since no quarterback is uh, left for you guys. So the second biggest need uh, being at the defensive tackle position. Um, it's, yeah, like I said, really the the second biggest need other than, than quarterback with, um, I think it's a pretty good spot at number 13 on most draft boards for, for Kinlaw mm-hmm. to the Colts. At number 14, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, we talked about it. We don't really know who's going to be their starting quarterback next year. But one thing is for sure, he's going to need a lot more protection than Jameis Winston got last year. So I got them taking Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle from Alabama, at number 14. And at number 15, the Denver Broncos. Um, They have one of the worst offenses on a points-per-game basis. Sorry. Um with uh, 17.6 points last year. Um, And you're not going to win a lot of games, uh, even with a great defense, when you only put up 17.6 games on average. Uh, So they also traded away Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers last season. So their only wide receiver is Cortland Sutton on the team. Um, I have them going with CeeDee Lamb, the wide receiver from Oklahoma at number 15 and giving Drew Locke another uh, weapon on that field. 
at number 16, the Atlanta Falcons, um, one thing they have been missing for so long is an actual pass rush, or an actual defense for that matter, but especially a pass rush. Uh, I have them going with H.A. Epinesa from uh, Iowa defensive end. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, just take a defensive player this year. Don't go offensive linemen mm-hmm. all around this year again. Um, just try and get that defense a little bit better. All right, we are halfway through the draft. Your thoughts, guys. Josh, go ahead. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, you, you know, all throughout this season, I didn't realize that the Colts needed a defensive tackle until I went to that Dolphins game and saw nobody was getting any pressure on Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, yes, I am fine with that pick. Uh, but, yeah. Dude, the Broncos need a lot more help. Is it possible to get them two first-round picks off of that one pick alone? Because, oh, my gosh, they just can't get anything right after Peyton Manning left. Just like everything, he comes in, graces you with his presence, and when he leaves, he leaves you in ruin. He's like Rome. He came, he saw, he conquered, and he left, and you were in the ruins. So, but yeah, I like that draft pick. Did you see a Snapchat I just sent you guys? No, but I'm going to look at it. The NFL Valentine's Day stuff. I'll look at it after the podcast because I don't want to laugh. Um, oh, yeah. That number nine, I'm going to break these each of the one of these down because I find a lot of these very interesting. Um, Isaiah Simmons, I appreciate where you're coming from with that, but it is kind of ironic that you were one of the biggest ones to harp on me about needing a wide receiver in the first round or one of the big guys and going with Isaiah Simmons. I understand why you're doing it, but it's it's just kind of ironic that you were harping on me about that before and you went with a defensive guy. But I do understand it. Uh, Mecky Becton, you were right. The Browns need a tackle. And, you know, it, it, who right. they judge where is... I think Andrew Thomas has solidified himself as the number one guy. Everyone else is just flopping in the wind at this point. Am I the only one that noticed, too, that past, like, the first 10 picks... There's like a bunch of like somewhat no-name guys just from other colleges that you really didn't pay attention to because of like the SEC, the Big Ten, and all that stuff. Because yeah. after like after the tenth pick, when like all the quarterbacks are gone, it's just like, well, outside of Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb, who the hell else is got, left? You got some Big Ten guys and some <laughs> SEC like, guys. It's pretty much get. Yeah. Um, Jerry Judy being eleventh, uh, it's kind of. I, I honestly don't think that we'll go this draft without seeing a wide receiver in the first five pit or in the first six picks. Honestly, I'm starting to convince myself of that. We did uh, last with year. Jerry <laughs> Judy being the lead of that. Um, that twelfth pick. I'm sorry, Toby. You blew my freaking mind with that pick. Um, anyone that saw me knows that I have him as my third second pick. I don't see in any form of what Kenneth Murray could possibly do that would influence the Raiders to want to pick him at the uh, at the 12th position. But that being said, we did not think Clellan Flarell was going to be picked that early. So it is perfectly possible that Kenneth Murray could end up being there. Um the Colts pick, I liked Javon Kinlaw. I, I think if we don't go quarterback, I do think that Javon Kinlaw could be the answer. Uh, I've seen a lot of Colts fans saying they really want to see C.D. Lamb. 
go to the Colts if he is inevitably there, but we'll still have to see that. Uh, Jedrick Wills, I understand that one. I had Jedrick Wills a lot higher, but again, that's for another day. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, good pick there by Denver. They obviously need help. And it's funny that you mentioned with uh, D- the Atlanta Falcons, when I heard you say that, I immediately started typing in AJ Epinesa before he even said his name because I was like, I remember this. Toby completely agreed with me on it, so I thought he was going to go exactly what I was doing. So, you know, a couple interesting picks here. A couple interesting picks that people wouldn't see but would make draft day fun. That's what it is. So, overall, I like it. Overall, I see the need for You know, the more we talk about mock drafts, the more I'm ready to say mine. Because let me just tell you right now, the butterfly effect is powerful when you really think about it. And you're going to see it in my mock draft. Josh, I I can't wait to hear your mock draft because the first one you did last year, you pissed me off so hard when you said Chase Winovich was a first round draft pick. I hate Green you Bay so Packers. much for to saying that. He actually went to the that. Green Bay Packers. He was a third round guy, but he, he did go to the Packers. Wait, no, he went uh, to the Patriots. Yeah, he's he a Patriot. Oh, he's a Patriot. Oh, okay. Um, uh, well, here's the thing. So, like, here's the thing, Josh. So, obviously, I'm not going to be able to be here for the podcast that's gonna make it it. more fun because he's gonna listen to it and i'm gonna get in the middle of class what the hell are you thinking you know know, i'm gonna hear it i'm gonna hear it and then i'm gonna get pissed at you for doing all right toby continue with the second half of your first round all right we're gonna start 17th uh the dallas cowboys um a lot of uncertainty are surrounding uh, this team as we talked earlier. We don't know if Dak Prescott will be around. We don't know if Amari Cooper will be around. Uh, there are a couple of other players we don't know if they get re-signed by the Cowboys. But one thing is for sure, their defensive unit uh, digressed a lot uh, last year compared to the 2018 season. And especially that front seven needs to bounce back. But I think the front seven have a lot of potential there. Uh, they just need a little bit more help from the defensive backfield. Um, so I'm going to go with a safety, Xavier McKinney from Alabama for the Dallas Cowboys at 17. At the 18th pick, um, Miami, they already went with uh, their quarterback earlier in the round at number five. Um, they still have so many holes to fill. Um but one of the biggest to help out a quarterback is a strong run game. Um, I'm giving them DeAndre Swift from Georgia as a running back. Um, they have traded away, away their running backs left and right over the couple of se- last couple of seasons. So they need some help there uh, for sure. At number 19, um, we're going back to Las Vegas. Um, they went with the linebacker early in the draft. Um, they still need a lot of help on uh, defense, especially covering the pass. Um, at the second rank uh, uh, cornerback, I think there are two guys that are really clo- uh, close right now with Travon Dix and CJ Henderson. Um, Henderson is a little bit bigger guy, if I'm correct, and uh, a more developed, and uh, Travon Dix is more of a, I think, smaller guy, faster. Um, I, I think it's actually completely opposite. I think I think CJ's the smaller one, and he's the more he's the stronger one though. 
I don't think he's as fast as Trayvon. Trayvon's yeah, I, the bigger, but, but a little faster. Yeah, but Dix is the faster one. I uh, watched a little bit of film during the week, but I think he was the faster one. Uh, I was not completely sure about the size, though. Um, but, yeah, I, I got the speed right, so I'm having them going with Trayvon Diggs because of the speed uh, in a division that they play twice against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, where you definitely need the speed against the receivers, as we saw in the Super Bowl uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so they get the help at quarterback at 19. At number 20, we're coming back to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Derek, you said it, uh, and I said it a week ago, they need a wide receiver. Uh, they're going to uh, get their wide receiver right here. Um, I have them going with, and please, Derek, help me out with the name, LaVisca Chenault from Colorado. Jeez, uh, you you got me all messed up with that one. I did not. I did not expect that name. I think that's what it is. I think I tore my Leviscus just talking about that guy's name. Oh my gosh! <laughs> all right. Uh, anyway, I I have him as the wide receiver going to the Jacksonville Jaguars right here. Um, like I said, I watched a little bit of film uh, during the week, and that's my wide receiver ranking right here. At the 21st pick, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, they could also use a wide receiver right here. Um, but as I've said earlier, the wide receiver uh, position is pretty deep in this draft. I see them go in a different position right here. Um, I'm actually going to go on the defensive side uh, for the Eagles. Um, they have to get better at uh, uh, defend, uh, defending against the pass. So they are gonna, I hate this pick, but they're gonna go cornerback. Uh, they're gonna take CJ Henderson from Florida. As I said earlier, it's close between him and Diggs, who is the second rated quarterback and which is more of a need for you. Um, but the, uh, the Eagles definitely need some help uh, covering the pass. Uh, it was LaVisca Chenault. Yeah, that's, All right, that's yeah. how you said it. Yeah, it's how it is. You, you got it pretty close. All right, I'm I'm glad I did not completely butcher it. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to the 22nd pick, uh, the Buffalo Bills. Um, they're in almost the same exact position as before the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they also are in need of a wide receiver, but can't wait to a later round to get uh, to fill that need. Uh, one thing that they struggled with. Um, is to um, block, uh, to cover against the run, uh, or they were strong against the run, but uh, uh, were weak on getting to the quarterback on defense. So I have them stacking up on defensive tackle in Raekwon Davis from Alabama. He kind of digressed a little bit over the last two years uh, in, his in his college career, but he had a pretty strong showing in his second year in college in 2017 with 10 tackles for loss and eight and a half sacks. So he has the potential to be a big part in the pass rush, and he has already shown that he's good uh, against the run as well, which can also help out the Buffalo Bills. At number 23, the New England Patriots, um, they have struggled to kind of find another offensive tackle since Sebastian Fulmer left in uh, 2016. I have them going with Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. At, uh, for offensive tackle whoever is their quarterback uh, starting next season um, he's gonna appreciate the protection or the additional protection from there 
At number 24, the New Orleans Saints. I was hoping there would be a cornerback left at that position. Unfortunately, the Eagles already took C.J. Henderson. Um, so the only real other option here is going with wide receiver. No need to reach for a cornerback or maybe trade down to the second round, which they don't actually have a pick and take a cornerback there. But as we're not doing trades, uh, I'm going with a wide receiver, uh, Jalen Rieger from TCU. A speed guy down the field, which the Saints desperately need on the other side of uh, Michael Thomas. Um, They added a little bit of speed with Ted Ginn a couple of years ago, but he's getting up there in age and doesn't produce uh, anymore, really. It was really just his first year he was with the Saints that he put up big numbers. And we saw what uh, Drew Brees can do with a guy like um, Brandon Cooks when they drafted him. Um, The only real thing keeping them from really using him was a weak defense at the time. So Jalen Rieger is really something the Saints could use on offense. So uh, three quarters of the draft are over. Derek, you got something to add? Uh, what did you uh, What did you have for your twenty third pick? I missed that. Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. Okay. Hey, do you remember when we drafted Brandon Cooks freshman year? Because we're like, hey, you got to believe the hype of this man, and we drafted him, and he did all right for our fantasy team. We kind of just threw together in the dorm room that night because we were just like last minute, yeah, added into it. That just is what reminded me when you brought Brandon Cooks and the Saints. I'm like, I remember that night when the guys just like walked into our room and said, you want to join our fantasy draft league? We need one more person. And the draft starts in an hour. And we're like, sure. But yeah, I like the hey, draft. We, we won that league, so by the way. I can't, I can't believe that to this day. We threw that team together like it was a freaking Madden team, just like with a bunch of no names that like, what was it, past the fifth round, we just started picking random people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know how we won that league. We didn't even get our money, man. That's what sucks. That's true, yeah. Yeah, we never got our, we never got our fucking money. All right, I'm sorry for swearing, folks. Toby will bleep that out. But when you realize <laughs> no, that- I would laugh if you actually do bleep that. <laughs> I like how it just took us like five years to realize we never got our money from that league. Oh, my goodness. Wow. All right. All right. Next part of your- Draft. We'll come back to this. You're playing with my emotions on this one right here. Um, well, well, your emotions going to be played like a damn fiddle by the time my uh, it, mock it, draft it's comes not, out. It's not in a fiddle. It's like a drum. <laughs> you're beating against me, and I don't like it. Um, I think... For me personally, I think the only two picks in this eight that you actually got, like, I could see is Tristan Wirfs to New England and uh, Xavier McKinney. Or no, it's CJ Henderson. Um, Guys that I see you're missing, three of them. Henry Ruggs, Justin Jefferson, and Yeter Gross-Mattis. Those are three names that I'm seeing here that are missing somewhere that I'm really concerned and uh, especially this, like obviously Xavier McKinney, I have him as my 31st uh, pick, I believe Uh, potential first round guy. Uh, It's just going to be a matter of what his uh, numbers look like at the combine. Um, 
I agree with you with getting DeAndre Swift, just not at that 18th pick. I have them going with a running back later with that 26th pick. I feel like they need to draft an offensive lineman with that se- that second pick to buff up that offensive line to protect whatever quarterback they get. Uh, LaVisca? I don't know where you pulled that, n- that name out of, but um, I sure as hell never heard of him. Uh, haven't heard much of him even through my guys that I talked to that went to mobile and all these other guys that have been doing film on him. Uh, Raekwon Davis is a guy I'm just not sure about. Um, Obviously, he has the numbers, but in mobile, he got dominated quite a few times by a bunch of interior linemen, so that's kind of a uh, thing that scares me. Uh, Tristan Wirfs is a good one. Now, I kind of agree with the Jalen Rager one. Uh, Rager's done really well for himself with some of the camps he's been going to. and If he does put up good numbers at the Combine, I do think he's a potential first-round guy. He is that potential, but again, I gave you those three names, and I'm still kind of in shock that you missed some of those names, but um, overall, I understand where you're going with all these. Again, hitting needs, I understand. I just think for teams like the Eagles and the Bills that desperately need wide receivers to help them, I don't see them going with corners and a defensive tackle. That's just me, but I do understand where you're going with. So please go ahead and finish your mock draft. All right, we're continuing with the Minnesota Vikings with the 25th pick. Um, I think one of the biggest needs on offense right now is an offensive guard. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been pressured from the inside so much this season. And it will actually help out Delvin Cook as well. He has put up the numbers, but he has been working for those numbers himself. So um, with the 25th pick, I have the Vikings selecting Solomon Kindley from Georgia, uh, guard. Uh, At 26, we're going to the Miami Dolphins. And as Derek said, they are in need of an offensive lineman. Um, After picking a quarterback and a running back already, uh, they need somebody to help them out help them out on the offensive line Austin Jackson offensive tackle from USC is my pick for them at number 27 uh, for the Seattle Seahawks um, they have to get back to something legion of boomish to be more successful in the future they have some success on offense already and DK Metcalf definitely had more of an impact than we all expected him to have uh, last year and this is a guy that Derek mentioned um just a couple of minutes ago in Yeda Gross Mattis. I hopefully did not butcher that name. Defensive end from Penn State. At number yep, 28, yep. Uh, Baltimore, uh, Kilevon Chasen. I probably butchered that. Uh, what was the name again? Kilevon Chasen, LSU outside linebacker. Uh, I think that's what it is. I'll have to check that. Um, Yeah, the Ravens are in desperate need of an offensive linebacker, or not desperate need, but it's definitely a hole that they have to fill. Uh, We saw that when they tried to get Terrell Suggs back from Arizona when they uh, put him out on waivers, uh, but they didn't get him. At number 29, the Tennessee Titans, um, they have probably the same uh, problem offense as the Minnesota Vikings have. They also need a guard to protect uh, their quarterback from the inside. I have them going with uh, Shane Lemio, uh, guard from Oregon. 
uh, to do that job. At the 30th pick, the Green Bay Packers, they uh, need to buff up that defense. They showed some potential early in the season, but they kind of digressed more and more as the season went on. Uh, especially at the linebacker position, they need some more help. I have them going with Terrell Lewis from Alabama. At the 31st pick, um, if we have uh, learned something from the Super Bowl, that is that the 49ers need a cornerback to cover some wide receivers, and they take one here in Christian Fulton from LSU. And with the last pick, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, we've talked about it, they struggled against the run uh, all season, and um, they need somebody on defense to help them with them, especially a linebacker. And I have them going with Infernee Jennings from Alabama with the 32nd pick. All right. Um, please say that 28th name again. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I spell it right. Clavon Jason. Clavon Jason. I'm going to look that name up just so that way I can go. Uh, Josh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I really do like it. But I do think... Although the Chiefs did struggle against the run, I still think they need a running back more uh, than Damien Williams. So I probably would have given them either, spoiler alert, <laughs> either J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor. But I can see where you're going from, too. I mean, for the first part of the uh, Super Bowl, uh, Molster kind of torched them until they forgot how to run the football. So I can see where that's going from, too. I just want to make sure I'm getting this draft right. So, um, yeah, I agree with you on the Solomon Kinley one. Uh, he's definitely a interior man that I think can definitely make the first round. Uh, Austin Jackson, I obviously had him much higher uh, in my first mock draft. I can see where you're going with that one. I'm glad that you uh, had Yuter in there at uh, one point and it's good to see that you went with the same direction as me with Seattle, that they needed a defensive end, which is a smart idea. Uh, Caleb Vaughn Chasen, uh, yeah, definitely an interesting one. Haven't heard much about him, but I do with it. Uh, Shane, uh, I, I get that one. Uh, I haven't seen him anywhere in a top two rounds, but then again, I could be off on this. Uh, I guess it, again, just depends on the combine. Um, Terrell Lewis, Anthony Jennings, and those boys, you're kind of just like throwing mine in just a different direction here. I had those guys in 28 and 30, uh, something. So I understand, I understand where you're going with that. So, uh, I do like, I do like that part. I, again, it, for me, it was just your, your 17 through your 24 that just messed me up mentally. It was, that was just like, wow. <laughs> but, uh, overall, uh, I, I like the, I like the draft. I, I think that, uh, that first 15 picks that you had were really rock solid. Um, and I really like the back end. Uh, just again, that 17 through 24, just is throwing me a different direction. <laughs> but we'll just have to see, man. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you got any final words on uh, Toby's mock draft? Not a, no, he did a pretty solid job, but it's mine. It's yeah, it's on the turn. clock, folks. Is Josh Neitz? 
and you're definitely going to get some spicy content next week. I promise you that. And just like the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs, this mock draft is going to do the same to everybody's hopes and change their way of thinking when it comes to the draft. This will be one draft mock draft to remember. It will make Mel Kuyper retire in shame. <laughs> Please do. Please do. <laughs> um, that's great. Um, all right, so folks, that was Toby's mock draft 1.0. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to check in next week for Josh Neitz's mock draft 1.0. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be here next week. Going to be on a cruise. but I'm going to be will... waiting for the uh, text message of what the hell was that? Cause I yeah, I, 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 if, if you guys do record it in the middle of the week and I have and I see it I, before I get back, I'm going to I'm probably going to do that. Uh, anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at T3DS underscore NFL. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to listen to us on Spotify. And as always, guys, peace. See ya. Later.